Welcome back to the Out of Edge podcast. I'm your loving and passionate podcast host, Dr. Stacey Gonzalez, here on the Out of Edge, where we talk all things education, which really translates into anything that is going to benefit you for learning, right? So today I'm super excited because we have an amazing co-host with me, Danielle Shelton. Hello, Danielle. Hi. How you guys doing out there? I'm so glad you are here today. As we were talking in the pre-show, talking about running and beast mode and and going, you already said you did 3.6 miles this morning. Yeah, yeah, getting up, getting get it in early in Florida. You're if you don't get it in ahead of the sun, the sun will the sun will do you in. So yeah, three miles in to go. That's awesome. Well, here in, I'm in Chicago and it is felt like Florida. And so that has been tough. We're not used to this out here, up, up this far up North. So I don't know how you do it every day, but I'll give you major props for that girl getting out there. Thank you. Uh, so today, super excited about our guest, Gretchen Cadillac. She is an author and self-care coach. So welcome Gretchen to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Props to you for getting out and running already this morning too. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, we've been moving already. So Gretchen, t- tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you unique. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking. Well, first of all, I'm a mom and I think that uh, puts me in a category with a lot of other people. And I just love all the women out there that are doing so much. And I am a self-care coach and people are like, self-care coach, what is that? Well, it just talks about how to take care of you. And I'm really passionate about the women in the world that do so much and they give and give and give. And sometimes the last person they remember to give to is themselves. So I really want to be the person out there that says, how are you? And I'm listening and I care. And I really want to know how you can take better care of you. And in addition to that, during the pandemic, I had um, a little breakdown. I realized that I was really missing connection with people. And the people that came to the forefront were my children. They're grown now and living in various places. And I just remember the times that we had these intimate connections, reading bedtime stories, and we would laugh and we would snuggle. And I thought, you know, part of my self-care, filling my cup, I decided to write a little story as I remembered the stories that I read to my children. So that started my whole world of authoring and entering the self-publishing world to say, I got a little book in me and I'd like to get it out. And I wrote it for me, to be really honest. I wrote it to give to my children, but I wrote it to say how much I loved being a mom and how special it was that we went through this journey together. And that's kind of what I've been doing a lot of lately, learning a lot about that. And then I also do self-care coaching, which is basically just one-on-one coaching, also run a workshop, just working with women and how do you take care of you? What are some tips and tricks that we can do for ourselves? And does it have to be huge or can it be a small thing during the day when we realize our cup is kind of empty and how do we add to it? Because we're so good at pouring it out, right? And people are so great at receiving, but we need to find ways to take for ourselves to put back into our own cup. 
Yeah, I love, I love that. I love that um, when you were talking about you wrote this book, you said, I wrote it for me. And to be able to emphatically say, I did this for me, for myself, for my own self-care is a really, um, you know, you bring up a really good point, a really important point, especially for, for women. I know um, for my own self, you know, you said, you, you mentioned like a mini breakdown. Yeah. Been there, right. Real in and, and that breakdown <laughs> and Danielle's doing a fist pump in the background. Right. Because that was about everybody else and not about me. Right. Um, Danielle, did you want to, uh, you're nodding. You're like, yeah, jump in. Yeah, I'm just saying I remember that moment. Like I remember very clear that breakdown moment that was like, I cannot do another thing for someone else. I have to pull me in. But my I have a question for you, Gretchen, and this may help some of the other moms out there. How do you do it without the guilt? Because that's what happens to me when I start to pour into myself and when I talk to other moms there is this overwhelming sense of guilt. Like, how dare you care for yourself? How do you, how do you deal with the guilt that comes along with caring for yourself? I love that question. And you know, I'm going to tell you what I really think is a positive is reframing. So when we say, I'm going to take for me, right? It feels very selfish. And I want to create another conversation about being self-full. And as a mom, you're the best educator they'll ever have. And they need to learn from you how to take care of themselves. So if you become that example for them and saying, oh my gosh, I'm not being selfish. I'm being self-full. I'm taking care of me. So then they start learning, oh, look at mom. She's taking time for herself. She's taking time to fill her cup. I need to learn how to do that too. And when they have these mini breakdowns that they're going to have, right? They can tap into that as your example of saying, oh, but mom took time for her. It's not selfish. It's not that I have to be, you know, friends with everyone. I can take a minute for myself to just, you know, step back and fill their cup. So I really want to reframe it as not the guilt, but the education part of it, where you're being this amazing role model for your children. So they learn through all the stages and eventually leave. The most important lesson is to take care of you. Yeah, because if we're not good for ourselves, we cannot be good for anybody else. And that is, that is, deep work that takes time, um, especially when um, the, the narrative is do, 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 go, go, go. Um, especially I see for women, right, who, who aspire in any way, shape or form, that it is by the grit and the, and the hard work and the keep showing up and keep do more, do more, do more, push more, do harder, go harder. And, and that's actually probably quite the opposite, which is no lean into who are you and what are you teaching your children? If you are teaching them, go, go, go be stressed all the time. I think it's huge. And so many times too, what I really think is so phenomenal about women, they have this plate of all the things they do, right? And they add these things. And sometimes I'll do a visual, right? Where we get the plate and we add all the things in our life. And then we go, oh my gosh, my plate is so full. 
So what's crazy, practicing self-care, we might say, well, gosh, maybe I need to say no to a few of these things or take a few of these things off my plate. But generally what we do as women, we say, oh, no, no, I got this. And they get a bigger plate and they keep adding more and more and more things onto it. And they go, what? And then they say, what's wrong with me? I can't handle everything. I can't practice self-care. And I'm like, oh, my God. And guilt comes in too, right? Because they can't do it all. And I think, no, 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 no. It's just that you've got such a big plate. It's you are amazing. Look at all the things you're doing. It's just that maybe all these things aren't correlating to a life that's magical and lights you up and allows you to be the person that you want to be in your life. So I just think that what I just want to keep saying is that, oh my gosh, you're amazing just the way you are, but just keep taking care of you so that you can take care of all these other things. And sometimes learning to say no is such a powerful tool for you because as women, I find for myself that I'm always like, oh, I can do it. Sure. I'll do it. Yes. No problem. I got this. You know, I don't need help, (laughs) you know, and the truth is that. I am out of my mind crazy trying to handle all these different things and with my bigger plate now, right? So I think that saying no allows us to go, oh, what is important to me? What is my why? Where do I need to focus my time and attention? How do I need to be a role model for my children so they learn how to take care of themselves and maybe how to learn to say no too? going to say it sounds like what you're saying is we sometimes need like emotional portion control like when you said the plate what I literally envisioned was was myself right on like a smaller scale on this plate and then signing my daughter up for track and then being like oh I'm going to take her to all the practices and then my Mm -hmm. other daughter did competition cheer and like oh I'm going to take her to all of her cheer practices and competitions and then I still had my own job in nine to five and then one of my friends has a publishing company and she's like I need an editor can you edit and I was like sure out so my like my plate got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and I still didn't etch out anything for myself so once I started to suffer from anxiety my doctor was like well what is it that you do where is the anxiety coming from and once I ran down to her the amount of things that I do in a day she was like so (laughs) when are you sleeping and how many hours do you sleep and I was like I get about four or five solid hours she was like that's that's not enough rest and it really she you know sent me over to like to a therapist to talk to someone about because my anxiety got really bad and I couldn't figure out the source. And then what the therapist shared with me is like, hello, you are your own worst enemy. Take some of this stuff off your plate, tell some of these people no, and delegate the task. Like you have a helpmate and you have people in your house with you. Give them stuff to do and take some things off your plate. And do you know that was very hard for me? (laughs) Like telling people to do it and then releasing it, that's difficult. How do you, how do you release? Because I can tell you what to do and then sit to sit back and watch you do it is like, dang, you know what? <laughs> it's anxiety watching other people do it. It is. It is. It's, it's such it really, because we are, we want to be in control. Right. And we know we can do it right. Right. So we're like, are they going to do it the way I do it? But the truth is that 
you have to allow yourself that time and keep saying, oh my gosh, like physically and mentally, how do I want to be my best human, right? Because the problem is if we keep holding on so tight, that's even stressful. Like I'm imagining like a rope and I'm hanging on. You just don't like, it's not lax in your hand usually, right? It's tight. And then it, all of this is just built up tension. And how does that then show up in the world, right? How we interact with other people, our family, our children, it usually we're a little on edge, right? And that's not how we want to show up, I think. I think we want to show up like loving and kind and supportive, but it's hard when we're constantly like holding on so tight to things, there's no way we can kind of relax and just love into it. And I think that that's how I kind of perceive it. Very hard to let go. But on the other hand, how do I want to show up in the world? Do I want to show up just hanging on or do I want to show up with loving, comforting arms? And I think that's kind of how I look at the ability to let go and just lean into it. Yeah, that is a great analogy or metaphor of that, that squeezing and holding, which we actually, I, I kind of had a different visual when you were talking about the plate, like this whole metaphor, right? Like you're talking to two English teachers as well, right? So we're going to go straight to like metaphors and analogies, of course, when you give us a good one, like I, I never thought about that. Like the plate actually, we just think we're going to just get a bigger plate. Like now I'm, now I'm using the serving, the Turkey serving tray, as opposed to like what, when you say about reframing, I actually need a smaller plate with more of the nutritious items that are best for me, um, to Danielle's point about emotional portion control, right? So I can show up and, and just have that small plate and have many others around me with their small plates. I take away opportunities from others when I want to, to operate the whole serving plate. And um, I was just saying to my mom today, because my mom helps me, and I'm like, I know I, need, I have some things that you can help me with, but I first, I, I'm not there yet. I just need to process. I need time to figure out what I even need to ask you to help me with. Because she's like, let me help you. I'll do this for you. I'll do this. I'm like, I have time. I'm retired. I'm your bookkeeper. I'm like, let me just process and figure out what I don't even know yet. And then we'll sit and talk through that. But also allowing yourself that time to know you're not there yet and that's okay. Um, but you know, you need to, to, um, maybe smaller your plate or figure out what emotional portion control looks like. I'm wondering as you, um, have made this leap and you talked about this leap into publishing and, and what you've written, I'd really like for you to share a little bit around um, your book and the impetus for that and, and, and what you've learned through that process. Oh, thank you so much. So going back to my breakdown during the pandemic, I thought, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to, I maybe want to write this children's book. And my children constantly have asked me, am I your favorite? And I thought it was so funny and it's so hard to answer that with some kind of integrity, right? Um, on some days there probably is a favorite, but overall there is no favorite, but I wanted to share that somehow. And I also wanted to write a book that really expressed how much I love my children. And it's a book about you are loved and children are loved and children are unique and special all in their own ways as each favorite 
I kind of document in the book. So I took the characters. I had the general idea. Uh, I had no idea really where to go with this. I just cut out little pieces of paper and made pages. And then I took sticky notes. I'm not an illustrator, but I did amazing stick figures. And then I thought, how do I do this, right? Like, how do we do this? And here's just like any other business that the self-publishing world is crazy, right? There's um, what they call a lot of vanity publishers and they'll take it and they'll charge you a ton of money. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be in control of it. And I also wanted to, you know, definitely not spend like a lot of money that people were coming at me with, right? So I did some research and I kept looking and I think it was sort of maybe a God thing. I just lucked onto um, a website and it was uh, self-publishing made simple. And I found a woman named April Cox and I got into a workshop and I ventured in the world of Zoom and I figured out uh, how to do all that. And then I started looking at this process and I'm going to tell you this whole process. I did write a book. That is true. I have a finished product, but what I really did is I found my voice. And my voice was my why. My why was I want to do more in the world to be of service and to let people know that I care and that they matter. And I, I kept wanting to put that out there. How can I be of service? And first I started with me. I wanted to take care of me. I wanted to get this book because during the pandemic, I realized that, you know, you never know. Time could be short. You could have a lot of time on this planet. What was I leaving? How was I leaving it? Um, who am I? You know, who am I authentically? What am I, what is my voice in the world? What am I saying to the world? So a lot of this was all about my voice and it came, it constantly comes down to my why, my why, you know, I want to show up and be there for people. I want to let women know that I care. I want to let women know that they matter. I want to say, take care of you take care of you. It's so important. So I started on this journey and I had to find an illustrator and I lucked out one day. I went through this huge illustration uh, process of finding the illustrator, right? Because they're the ones that get, they're going to like create the magic of your story. And I wanted again, a partnership with someone and um, how it, that started is I was watching NBC News one day and they had this amazing chalk artist. And I think her name is Lazara is her last name. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we should write this children's book together. So ding, 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 I get on the computer and I write to her and she was amazing. And she said, oh, thank you so much. I just don't have time in my day right now to illustrate a book. I appreciate you so much. I have two children. One was going through actually um, some medical issues. And I was like, all right. So first my first ding. And then I got a couple other um, samples from illustrators and they just, it just, just didn't resonate. And then crazy enough, I was going through my neighborhood um, online newsletter and I saw this lady that was doing chalk art. How crazy, right? And I I quick, I messaged her and I said, Hey, crazy idea. Have you ever thought about illustrating a children's book? She's like, you know what? Kind of something I thought about. So here she, she's a mile away from me. And we got together and my first sample um, from her was, it, it wasn't quite there. So I think I kind of held on to it. And again, 
tried to release it, right? Because I was holding on so tight. This is my book and my, my, I needed to be a certain way. And she came back and she said, well, here's some ideas. And I really explained to her, I sent pictures, I sent paragraphs about my children. I grabbed Google images and, you know, came, came up with um, a sample book for her, a mock-up book. And she came back with three options for illustrating my children in characters. And I had a dog and I had a mom. So it was a big, it was a big ask. And the second option she gave me went, oh my God, that's it. That's it. We're going to do this. And what was so amazing about that is that I really was, again, I really stayed true to my voice, which was I wanted to be authentically connected to this other person that we were going on this journey together. She's a young mom. She's an amazing artist. And we went on this journey together. And it was beautiful. And there were times when I said, oh, could you make the dog this or that? And she's like, yeah, you, how, what are you thinking here? And then she would come up with these amazing creative ideas. Um, she came up with this idea of a blanket fort. Didn't even cross my mind. But my kids and I did a lot of blanket forts, right? And we were all in the blankets and we had our flashlights. And I'm like, oh my gosh, her name is Susan Crumb. I said, Susan, this is amazing. Like she just blew it out of the water. She took what I had, right? That I was holding on so tight and she made it even better. So a releasing was a thing that I learned to allow someone to come along in your journey and to even expand the journey. So we did that together. And then I learned a lot about graphic design I had to yeah, I just I want I want to I want to pause there for for yeah. for a second. I, I find it really interesting that in that in that story that you were sharing, how you put yourself out there to this woman you saw on NBC News or whatever it was, right? And she told you no. She said no. She said I to your earlier example. She said I have too much on my plate right now. I can't do it for you. I thought, here's where I thought, I, I don't know where you thought, I thought she was going to refer you to somebody. And then that's where that went. What was really cool is you found somebody in that genre, chalk art down the street. So you set your intention for what you wanted, mm -hmm. the universe, whatever, however, God, whatever you want to call it said, no, no, you're not ready for that yet, but hold that, hold that. Let's go with this. Okay. Chalk art. And we're going to make this so you can have a true partnership relationship in that space. And that to me stuck out in that, in that um, story that you told of, of significance. So really cool. Um, I want to let Danielle jump in too around some of the, the um, knowledge she has in, in writing a book as well. Cause I think there's probably some synergy there relative to um, that self-publishing piece with an interesting thing about her journey. Yeah, I was going to say what, what stuck out to me really is when you send like I'm, I'm such a, <laughs> I don't know, flower, flower child. So I believe in like energy and synergy. And when you send things into the universe, how sometimes the universe will will kind of redirect us and we're like, but this is what I wanted. And then the universe like, nah, you don't need that. Here's something else. And to me, it sounds like that's what it was. Like you saw someone and you were like, oh yeah, let's do that. And then they were like, oh, I can't do it right now. My plate's too full. And then the universe was like, hello, you have someone down the street that you can really partner with and you guys could really build a relationship. So it's sort of like things shifted for you to be able to really 
have the intimacy that you needed for your process. And I can remember having, what I needed was a push in my own process. And it was actually my daughter publishing her book that pushed me to publish my book. To be honest, I literally have five written manuscripts, like done. I've written for a long time and I've always been like, oh, I'm going to publish, I'm going to publish. One day I'll publish, one day I'll publish. And then I get scared, I get fear, and then I don't. And I kind of believe that when God gives you an assignment and you don't fulfill it, it, the mantle carries to your children. And her at a young age at four was like, mommy, I want to write a book. And I was like, at four, okay, sure. You know, but where would she even get that, right? And then at five, she was like, no, mommy, I really want to write a book. And I was like, all right, whatever. Then, then write, write down what you can write down and we'll figure out how to spell some words. But then at six, she actually started writing in her little journal and she was like, mommy, I want to write a book about a mouse and a mouse that goes on a journey. And I am very like, so she has maps up in her room and we go through like the continents and the states and stuff. So she was like, I want to know, you know, this mouse is going to lose his watch and he's going to travel across the continents to try to find his watch. So I was like, this is coming from a six-year-old. So I'm like, all right, Zoe, let's go with it. But she, you know, was so intentional. I used to say pushy, but I'm trying to reframe my language so she was so intentional about this book that she really kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And she would come, she would like be in her room writing. And then every few seconds, like, mommy, how do you spell this word? And then she'll disappear. And then she'll come back and be like, mommy, how do you spell that word? And then she'll disappear. Mm-hmm. Mommy, how do you do? And then after all, I'm like, well, what are you doing? And I go in her room and she's writing this, this book about where is my watch? And I was like, okay, let's, let's run with this then. By now though, universally God is so so amazing in how he sets stuff up I'm actually working at a publishing company as an editor and she mainly publishes children's books so I was just like okay let's go with it so then I'm sitting outside my computer on my lap and my daughter sits outside and she's like mommy it's going to take me a long time to write this book by myself and you type way faster so I'm going to tell you what I want my book to say and I want you to type it and I was just like okay we'll do it later she was like no I need for you to do it right now I'm going to tell you, and then we're going to type. So my daughter is a published author. And like, after she gave it to me, she literally was like, so is it published yet? Is it published yet? So like the illustration part and the editing part was really hard for her because she was like, right now, right now, right now. But once it came out, it was like, and then she was like, mommy, so when are you, when is your book coming out? And I was like, okay, all right, (laughs) wave the white flag. I get it. (laughs) Sure. Let me. So it literally was inspiration through her, through listening that pushed me off the cliff. And I'm like, if my six-year-old at the time can like figure this out, I got to figure it out. So I really can relate to the universe or God kind of setting things in in a motion in a way that makes it be like, this is where you need to be. And sometimes if we're not listening, then, you know, it could be painfully obvious. Like here is the publishing company. 
that you are going to use and I'm going to get you a job there for right now or part-time or a hustle, whatever. And so if you can't make this happen now, what's the, what's the reason? Cause every resource I have now put at your disposal and to Gretchen's point, Gretchen, right? Like it's this whole, again, for you, Danielle, for your daughter, it's about, I love this. It's about, um, I've been thinking about this. There's like a nuance. It's not finding your voice. You've always had your voice. Your voice is there. It is, it is innate. It is in you. You are connected. You know, it, it is, um, recognizing how to use it. It's using your voice and not being afraid of using it in ways that may or may not resonate with others, but that resonates with your, with your, with you and that moment in that time, knowing your intentions to Gretchen, to your point, your intention was to, to put more love, to help more people, to serve more people, to help more women. And then we get all caught up in our thinking mind about what if I don't say it right? Or what if it doesn't come out? Or what if I, what if I sound like an idiot and I'm, you know, should have this experience, whatever those things are. Um, instead of just using our voice, the voice that we have. And I love that. And I think one of the things that's have has had to happen is I've had to be really vulnerable. So in October of last year, I had a little job. And what I noticed about this job, I was just distracted, right? I love my job. I love the people, but I said, you know what, there's something here, like you said, that needs to be heard. And I keep saying it in the small little arena, but I, I needed to say it in a, a bigger space. I need to really own my own talk. I think what it was. And so when I left, was really a leap of faith. I was so afraid, so afraid. And when I got onto that late night, you know, I was Google search and I had my first consult with April Cox. She said to me, I can't believe you're talking to me. I've been praying for someone to come into my life that has what you're talking about, talking about self-care and wellness. And I need that for me. And I think this is going to be an amazing partnership. And I was like, what? So that was the beginning, right? And she put me out there really amazingly in her workshop. And she would say, you know, go, go do a self-care workshop for us. Do eight weeks with my author group. And she literally shoved me into what I would think is the highway. And I'm like, I'm not ready. And I was holding on really tight. Like I'm not ready. And she shoved me out there and I'm so grateful because I've been able to talk to more people. I started just doing the self-care workshop for her uh, as a free gift to everyone in the workshop, in her workshop, which was amazing. And then when it ended after eight weeks, several of the women in the workshop said, can we keep going? And I said, you got it. You got it because what it created was this ability to have a safe place where people were being supported. And I think coming out of the pandemic, we're not always all okay, right? We don't know how to do this again. And it's still scary. And now we have a Delta virus to worry about. And now we're trying to put our children back into school and we're trying to take care of ourselves. And we don't even know how we are sometimes. We're just like, whew, it's just a lot, right? So I realized what a gift that was. So April gave me a gift. I went through the workshop um, actually three times. I'm at the cusp of publishing my book on the 17th. And then on top of it, because I did this workshop, I created a self-care. Now I've got another book coming out. And 
it's just tips and tricks to, to start to talk about self-care for women. And I just, I'm entitling this, I titled the series, Yes, Girl, Take Care of You. And I just want people to say, you know, where do I start? Does it have to be hard? I don't know. We talk about sleep. We talk about reframing. We talk about boundaries. Uh, we talk about a lot of things in the book just to, to kind of like start the conversation. There's no right or wrong way to take care of you. There's just an, a knowing I need to do a little something for myself. And if it's taking a walk, taking a bath, running three miles in the morning, whatever it is, take care of you and take the time for you. And I'm just trying to put out, put it out in the world. So that happened. So I'm really excited that it's opened this box for me, right? Open the door to say, oh, oh, here you are. And I am so grateful to like be here with you guys and to be able to talk about this because I just really want people to know that I care and that it is a, it is a struggle. We talk about this sometimes, right? It's a struggle, but I also know that we need to be real about the struggle. We need to be vulnerable when we put out the voice that you, you're so right, Stacy. it's right there. It just needs to resonate. And we have these magical things that we need to put out into the world. And I just want to support and encourage and be a, an awesome cheerleader for women and say, you got this, you know, tell me more. What do you, what do you want to do? Oh my gosh. And I think I wrote the book to say to myself, I, I can write a book. And I wanted to do a little rhyming book. And I, you know, edited the manuscript and we got the illustrations done. And it was profound because through every step of the journey, I had to make decisions that would resonate to the end product for what I really wanted. And I tell you what, that was um, enlightening and empowering. Because at the end, I said, this is my book and this is what I wanted. And I think that's what I want women to know is that you got this. You know, if there's something you want to do, some place you want to go, you got this. And all we need to have is that supportive environment and that group of women that are authentically there for each other that say, you know what, I hear you, I see you, and I want you to succeed. Yeah, that is um, it, I just did another podcast right before this recorded another podcast and uh, it's different, like, you know, these themes are running through our, our awareness, consciousness, the universe, whatever, whatever woo woo you want to call it. I don't care what your nomenclature is. The reality is that people want safe spaces that are based on shared values and not personal opinions. I don't care what your opinions are. I don't care what your opinions are about this, that, or the other thing. If I know your values and just from even this, I, I know greater things about Danielle. Now I have a greater sense of connection with you, Gretchen. Right. And I understand that the reason why we're able to have this level of depth on our in our conversation is because of within five minutes, ultimately what we really heard was we have a shared safe space where our values are in alignment. And if we just open ourselves up and trust our pace, right? Like my pace is going to be different to where I'm going to go to Danielle's daughter, to her pace, to yours. And, and just really trust that, that we're in the right pace in the right place in the right time in the right space it's going to come together 
I also want to add one like aha that I wrote down in my notes as we kind of get ready to close here, um, circling all the way back around to the plate. When you make a smaller plate, you create bigger space. And so bigger space allows you to create in bigger ways, right? And that's ultimately what we're doing is we are creating space, safe places, safe spaces. And if we want to, to increase that, decreasing that what's on that plate for us, although it sounds counterintuitive, genuinely creates bigger spaces. So um, just wanted to, to, to put that, that out there. Um, so as we kind of wrap, two, two questions, right? Anything that we didn't ask you or, or that you didn't mention that you really are like, I need to tell you this thing. Um, we want to hear that for sure. And then you know, we are, we are education. We talk about education. We talk about learning and growth. And so as we've been talking here, where do you think we're headed just in general as, as individuals and as a collective in our, our learning? And, and, you know, if you can touch on where you kind of see that happen going in the next, you know, five to 10 years, I'd appreciate that. Perfect. Um, well, I think we've touched on so many things and I, genuinely love the conversation. And I think that what's so empowering about this is that we are in a group that is able to empower and support each other authentically. And I think that's what I want in the world. And I want women that are not competitive or comparative. I want women that are like, I get you girl, where are we going to go together? And arm in arm, you know, we're skipping down the street together. And that's what I really want to see. And when I ask you, how are you? I'm really going to wait for an answer because I really care how you are. So I, I want to put that out there. And I thank you for that. And as far as what I see in the future, I think I really believe the pandemic was a blessing because it made us stop. You know, when I think about a breakdown, I always think about it, it allows us to take a break. Just take a break, take a minute, sit back and say, where am I at? What am I doing? What matters? And when we can do that, we can start prioritizing how we want to have our life look, right? How our smaller plate and our bigger space is gonna look for us. And I think for me coming out of this, there's a lot of fear and anxiety of what's next. And I just want to be present in the world. And I think what's next is being really vulnerable and saying how we really are. When we go to a coffee group, when we meet our girlfriends, when we go to our track meets, we, we really talk to people and we really listen. And we really want to be in the space with other people and really say in the world right now, we're not okay. And it's okay to not be okay, right? It's okay to say it. It's okay to step away from competing in the Olympics. It's okay to just show up and say, I'm not good today, I'm struggling. And I want that world. And I feel like that's, I think the breakthrough for the pandemic is for people to say, man, it's rough today. You know, I, I worry, I struggle, I've lost people. I don't know whether I should travel, my children in school. I want that. I want to know how you really are because when I know how you really are, I can really stand in your space and I wanna support that space. And I wanna say, gotcha girl, 
you know what? And I'm listening. And what I also know is that listening is one of the best things we can do for people. Because the truth is, as you know, we people can't solve our problems, but we can, when they listen, oh my gosh, you know, it is like the greatest gift that someone can give you. And I think that out of this, I'm seeing that people really need to be heard and people, their authentic voice needs to be heard. And I think that being vulnerable is going to take us into that space. Thank you. Thank you so much um, for, for genuinely, authentically, vulnerably sharing with us today. I know um, it, it lifted my heart and spirits, um, certainly. Danielle, thank you for being a, an amazing co-host today um, with me. So glad that we were able to engage in this conversation. So our guest today, uh, Gretchen Cadillac, she's an author, self-care coach. And if um, people want to find out a little bit more about you, where can they go? I have a website. It's a powerful you.com. And I just invite you. I hope that the website just says, Hey, I'd love to chat. That's really where I'm at. Uh, it has my books on there and I'm excited for you to see me on Instagram, uh, a powerful you underscore I'm on Facebook. I've got a mom's group. If you want to join that, I'm happy to give you the link to that. It's also on my website. It's called moms first. It's okay to take care of you. So happy to reach out, talk to me anytime I'm here. Well, thank you so much, Gretchen. Appreciate you being here today. Thank you, guys. <laughs>